Hello and welcome to the Unboxable Unstoppable podcast with me, Elena Turley. Hello everybody, I'm so incredibly excited uh, today. I've literally been sitting here researching and getting really excited about what we're going to talk about. So much so that I was sitting here for a good few hours and suddenly realized, oh my gosh, I really need to go to the loo. So that was hilarious. Um, But anyway, such is my life at the moment, as you can imagine. Uh, So today's topic is one that is very, very close to my heart. It's all about feeling alive, the feeling of being alive and present. And this is something I practice in martial arts. It's something I practice from a spiritual mindfulness kind of perspective. Um, And it's not even a very woo-woo idea, to be honest. It's actually something that we know as a lot of different words like flow, like being in the moment, like being present, like holding space, like tuning in. There's a whole lot of different ways we talk about this. But it is something I think super crucial for the way that we exist. And I do really think that uh, there's a lot of potential when we start tapping into these ideas around how to become more present in our lives, how to really embrace who we are, where we are, how we are, and just come from that place of authenticity and realness and straight from the heart. And the less obstacles we have between our pure and more subconscious and heartfelt ideas and the reality of our world outside of ourselves, the internal and the external, the more clear our actions and the more deliberate uh, our intentions and our results. And that's a really exciting thing on a lot of levels especially for those of us who are uh, participating in the Soul Mama Hub, which is a membership area that I run, um, and that's what it's all about. So that's a very exciting thing. You can learn more about that uh, just by getting in touch with me or through the blog. So let's begin. So one of the things that uh, I learned about in the last few years that I'm fascinated by is uh, commonly referred to as the buy a red car, see a red car (laughs) phenomenon. But actually, technically, it is called the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon or complex. Um, The Bader-Meinhof phenomenon or complex is actually a frequency bias. It refers to the difference between things actually happening and how frequently they're actually happening and us noticing them, the frequency with which we notice them. So it's the the relationship between how often things really happen when things happen a lot and how often we notice them, when we notice them a lot. So think about, for example, when you buy a new car or you decide you're going to buy a new car and you start researching and you go, yeah, I'm going to get this brand of car, whatever it is, and it's red and and you, and then all of a sudden, what do you know? You see them everywhere. You see them on the road. You see them down the road. You see the neighbor's got one you never even noticed. Suddenly, they're all around. And I, I just think this is a fascinating thing. I'm, our brain actually decides which things require our focus and which to filter out as a result of the amount of information it has to process. It has to make this kind of on-the-fly judgment because we just can't possibly process all the information that we gather in a day, in a minute, in an hour. So my example of this is actually quite a funny one. So when I was a single mother with my son, um, he was about, I think, probably four or five. Yeah, I think four turning five. And 
it was the first time since he was born that I was to have two weeks on my own. And I distinctly remember ringing a really dear friend of mine, Joe, you know who you are. And, uh, and I said, oh my goodness, I've got two weeks to myself. Let's go big. Let's do something big. Like I'm thinking, let's go overseas together. And I'd never been overseas with a friend. I'd never had the money or like been addiction free or, you know, it was a really big deal. So for me to go overseas with a girlfriend, I'd never even had a close girlfriend like her before, really, like except in high school. So it was so beautiful. And she was like, yep, let's go to Bali. And in the coming weeks, it was so funny. She rang me up. Hey, you know, my friend, do you mind if my friend Carrie comes? And I was like, yeah, yeah, bring Carrie. That'd be awesome. And then she's like, oh, you know, my friend. And uh, and so then there was this beautiful Jess Kane, Carrie Kane. It was beautiful. And we all had different reasons for needing to go away. It was quite special. And um, soon after that, Josephine ended up hooking up with her now husband. And it was a really key time. There was grief. There was, you know, I was in this crazy kind of, oh, my gosh, I just want to go wild because I hadn't been like a woman on my own in a foreign country ever, let alone without my son for like five years. So it was such a big deal. And um, I was also really missing my son. So I was so switched on and so present to what was happening and had a pretty wild time. But it was an amazing time. And just that week, the song um, Sex on Fire by Kings of Leon came out. And I remember Jess playing it to us going, I love this song. It's so amazing. And then everywhere we went in Bali, we heard it. And I particularly, everywhere I went, I was at nightclubs, three in the morning at a play, like even when the playlist wasn't anything. And it was so bizarre. And it was just like this sort of, it was like a confirmation I was in the right place at the right time, you know. And really what it was, is the Bader-Meinhof phenomenon. So how that works is the reticular activation system, which is a part of our brain. It's in the brain stem. It's a network of neurons and it mediates our behavior. So the brain stem is the area at the base of the brain. It's between the deeper structures in the cerebral hemispheres and the cervical spinal cord. And that serves a very important role. It regulates involuntary functions and bodily actions like heartbeat and breathing and sleep and things like that. So the reticular activation system is the thing that determines what we're looking for. It's the thing that we, not even quite realising it, it often happens without us realising. It sets what we're going to notice and what we're going to not notice and filter out. Now, as you can imagine, the implications of that for us as developing people are huge. I mean, what it means is that our brain is making choices about what we perceive and experience. So when we decide, when we make decisions around these kinds of thoughts, our perceptions, our experience are affected, it helps us actually define not only our experience day to day and how we feel, but also neural pathways. So in other words, the more we do something, the more we do something. The more we see something, the more we see something. The more we think about something, the more we think about something. It's kind of a snowball effect. So it's pretty crucial, you know, and uh, the implications of it are massive. So the way that it can relate also is that we are basically training our brains. We're doing brain training when we make these calls. So we're training our brains to create new neural pathways and the pathways get stronger with repetition until the behavior is our new normal so 
it's sort of estimated the rough estimation and you know this is I mean who knows really where this comes from but it does come from science but it's also a little bit hard to really um to really test out but it's estimated that it takes 10,000 repetitions to master a skill and develop an associated neural pathway and it's the same in martial arts it's like you want to learn something do it 10,000 times do it a thousand times you're a beginner do it 10,000 times you may be beginning to master it so it's the same with thinking and it's the same with what we see and perceive in our lives so some of the ways that we can kind of do this neural pathway creating repetition is we can use mindfulness techniques which I've talked about before and last week I talked about this you can actually do an exercise of this from last week's episode four so um, tapping into all five senses we create stickiness so it's like it helps the neural pathway to be created so for example you focus on all your five senses you feel more alive and present you then create and reinforce a neural pathway of feeling more alive and present which is why my task for you today and i would love you to report back to me in our facebook group soul mama hub or just message me i love hearing from you when do you feel alive and present when what really lights you up what makes you feel alive i want you to notice that and i want you to continue to notice it so notice it for today notice it this afternoon this morning tonight notice it this week and then talk about it again you're focusing on it you know that where your attention goes energy flows and again this is repetition this is about establishing neural pathways and there's lots of amazing books about this the brain that changes itself by norman deutsch fantastic book louise hey you can heal your life the secret it's not even woo woo this is about visualization it's about using mindfulness techniques ancient techniques may i say that have been around for a very long time and for a reason mindfulness for health a more buddhist take on it vidyamala birch and danny penman fantastic one for chronic pain issues in the body so there's a lot of supporting material out there for you. There's a way you can train this. So there's a way you can actually begin to train it, which is first you think of a goal or situation you want to influence. So really focus on it. Think of that goal. Think of that situation you'd like to have some influence over. Now think about the experience or the result that you would like to reach in regards to that goal or situation. Create a mental film of it. How do you picture it? How does it smell? Use your senses. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? What does your body feel like? Particularly focus on how you feel if it's when it's ideal, not even if. Imagine it's happening now. Immerse yourself in it. So immerse yourself in the ideal outcome. Notice all the sounds, conversations, visuals, details, everything you can notice. Try to do it for more than 20 seconds. If you can spend 20 seconds in that feeling, you are creating a neural pathway. You are laying down a path which will influence your experience in the future. And this is a little bit of that sort of fake it till you make it, act as if type stuff as well. So, so when you're going into an interview, you could act as if you already have the job, act as if it's already yours. It doesn't mean being cocky, you know, being cocky about it. It it means really bring in and embody the thing that you want to do. 
And it's the same with a lot of future self ideas. So you want to turn into the kind of person that runs a company, then think like that person would, feel like that person would. Take time to journal about it. This is a great one for journaling. Journal about what makes you feel alive, even if it's just a really quick few sentences. And also gives you a kind of a a marking point so you can sort of capture how you feel right now and then capture how you feel after focusing on what feels alive what makes you feel alive and fills you with passion in four weeks time have you noticed that there's more of that feeling now and it's the same with the opposite if you are spending a lot of your time in negativity and criticism which let's just say our mind does have a natural we are humans are naturally biased towards the negative and the critical it's a survival method it's we had to look out for the dinosaur we had to look out for the for the rabbit animal we had to you know i mean let's not go too much into caveman stuff because as we know the uh the darwinian theory of survival of the fittest was actually reinterpreted by spencer after he died soon after he died into an application to humans when he actually didn't want it to be applied to humans the history of this story is fascinating he actually darwin actually meant it to be for animals in the wild and we don't live in the wild we live in a garden we don't live in the jungle you know so that was darwin's thing so we've got to be a little bit careful with this kind of determinist you know behaviorist stuff but but i do think that we have got some genetic coding that comes from our existence hundreds of thousands of years ago side note story this week oh my gosh i found out my maternal haplogroup what that means is that, you know, how you can have your gene mapped and you can find out things about your genetic coding. So I've done that. And this is fascinating. It traces back. It suggests that my maternal line traces back to one woman in Africa 200,000 years ago. I think all of us do, actually. But this maternal haplogroup can be traced to a woman in the Middle East because I have a particular cultural background. And it was fascinating, one woman in the Middle East. And it sort of shows roughly where she travelled around or where our genes travelled around. And uh, it was quite specific. I found it absolutely fascinating. Highly recommend if you are able to, doing the gene mapping thing. I was just fascinating. So just to recap, first of all, thank you so much for being here and listening to all of this. It completely warms my heart. Please send me a message if you like this. Please record a review on any of the ways that you're listening to this, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Facebook, whatever, like wherever you find it, please leave me a review, save it, subscribe to it, share it, because that means more people can get gold. And I really am driven and impassioned to share this gold with as many people as possible. It's totally my mission. So please, I would love your help on this mission. Share it around, leave a review so more people can hear it. If you like the sound of my voice, please share the love. And, uh, and I will shower that love back upon you with gorgeous content and all the fascinating things that I'm going to talk about and that I've talked about so far. So check out the last ones. If this is the first one you're listening to, you may enjoy them. So I'm keeping them fairly short so that um, they're kind of accessible and easy to just take in little bite-sized pieces and return to if you want to. So this podcast has been about what is the Baden-Meinhof phenomenon and why you need to know about it. So remember, tune into the mindfulness techniques, your senses, spend some time focusing on the goal or situation you want to influence and spend 20 to 30 seconds in that feeling of what happens with the ideal outcome. What does that feel like? Read some books if you want. 
that I mentioned to you. There's plenty more, I must say. In fact, I'd love to hear book recommendations as well. Please send them over. But yeah, reticular activation system, baby, use it. It's a very cool thing. And um, Bart Meinhof must have been one cool dude or lady. I don't know if it was a dude or a lady. But um, anyway, wonderful to be here. I'm rambling now and uh, sending out loads and loads of love always to you guys. Beaming it out, beaming it out. And I look forward to having you with me again next week. Okay, bye for now.